0: Welcome to this episode of Alumni in Excellence. I'm Dr. Paul R. Williams, the Rebecca Grazier Professor of Law and International Relations at American University. And I'm very excited today to be joined by my special guest, Matthew Simpson. Matt was a student of mine in 2008. He was also a member of my Lawyering Peace Program, and he was one of our star JDMA students at the time. Since graduation, Matt, who was recently featured in the National Law Journal's 40 under 40, has had a number of exciting experiences and career opportunities. These include leading a team of over two dozen lawyers and policy advisors as he represented the Darfuri delegation in the Doha peace negotiations. During Matthew's time at the Public International Law and Policy Group, he advised over a dozen clients on post-conflict legal and policy initiatives including leading the first-ever surrender of a suspect to the International Criminal Court, advising on amendments to the Iraqi Constitution, designing war crimes witness protection programs in Uganda, and advising on state succession questions related to the independence of South Sudan. More recently, as a corporate partner at Mintz, Matt recently represented a client in a $2.6 billion, yes, billion with a B, SPAC merger and Matt may look a little bleary-eyed today because he has just welcomed baby Simon into the world. So Matt, welcome to the program.
1: Hey Paul, thanks so much for having me and for those kind words and, and I'm sure Simon will appreciate the shout out as well. He's, he's sleeping somewhere but uh, he's, uh, we're, we're pretty excited to have him as part of the family
0: now. No, that's always an exciting phase in life to, to, bring, a, to bring a newborn into the world and so forget already. For <laughs> <laughs> well, as our listeners know, the idea of this podcast is for a rapid-fire, eight-minute conversation to explore the career path of alumni who have achieved excellence. So let's kick it off with the first question. Matt, what's your wow? What makes you snap, crackle, and pop in the
1: professional environment? So it probably won't come as a surprise to those of you that that know me, but I really like the people in my profession. Um, that's what drives me. I, I, every year I do a training for our first year corporate associates at Mintz. Um, and there's always a capital markets or securities lawyer that I sit next to. And one of them is a good friend of mine. He always talks about how he loves the law and getting into the paperwork and reading the regs and diving in and, and you know, working through those problems. That's not me. I always joke that I'm the lawyer. That's not too fond of the law. Um, I like the people, you know, some of, some people in our profession, the the worst part of their day is having to deal with the clients and they just want to go draft documents. I'm somebody that really thrives on the relationships and the people and finding ways to help my clients, whether they be Darfuris in a peace process alongside you Paul or a private equity fund or the family office of a high net worth individual that I'm buying a company for. Um, those are my clients. I love helping them solve their problems and navigate the process. So, the wow for me is the opportunity to work with people and help them solve their problems. Often, in my role as somebody who leads these buyouts and transactions, I spend a lot of time translating for my clients what the other advisors are saying. So, when a tax lawyer starts referencing Section 33 H10, you know, and we're doing an F reorg in that, and my private equity clients' eyes gloss over. It's my job to say, okay, so here's what that means. And that's what I really like. I like being that strategic advisor and counselor and helping my clients navigate a process that is often unfamiliar to them um, and quite technical, but also trying to ground it in reality. And that's why, for instance, the JDMA program was so valuable to me because I was able to get a master's degree because I'm a lawyer who appreciates context. It's not just about what the books say. It's about the context and what we're negotiating right? It's not the peace agreement that you and I worked on in 2011, not the paper that mattered nearly as much as the players and the advisors and the context in which we were trying to negotiate. Wow.
0: Okay, Matt, <laughs> what's, your secret, what's your secret to success?
1: Well, I appreciate the suggestion of success. And, and I think part of success is, is constantly redefining it. Uh, and that's something we trained uh, the Darfuris, you may recall, when we were in New York and London and um, in Chicago working with Baker McKenzie 12 years ago, I guess at this point. Um, but success is always how you define it. And so the short-term goals and long-term goals. And you know, I think the short-term goals for me, I've always tried to find opportunities that play to my strengths. Uh, it's, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but having a good sense of what your strengths are um, and finding those opportunities and finding environments that reward you for your strengths. Um, the legal profession really values technical skills, uh, and being very smart and technically capable. And and there have been times in my career where I really had to put my nose down and show that I could do that technical work. For instance, when you're making a run for partnership at a big law firm. Um, but ultimately the success that has, you know, so those were short-term successes that allowed me to pursue my longer-term goals. And I think the success I've seen and working towards those longer-term goals it's largely because I get to play to my strengths. I, I recognize that I like the people. It's not just about being the technician. Um, I recognize that I like process and strategy. And so I think knowing who you are and having that sense of self and also recognizing that it can change. You're not necessarily going to be a stagnant individual throughout your career. You're going to learn. And my career path has been anything but linear. And so being flexible and recognizing opportunities that, you know, like, living in Doha with a bunch of Darfuris for a couple of years. That was a big jump having worked at Wild Gotchel right after the markets crashed in 08. Um, you know, to me, that was an, an important decision that I made, but it played to my strengths and it set me up for future success. So I want to delve a little bit into,
0: into your brand. So Matt, what is your brand and how has that contributed to your success?
1: So my, my brand is really somebody that works with their clients to advise to translate. Effectively, I'm a translator, right? So much of my day job and what I, I've been told by clients and, and colleagues that uh, are my strengths is the ability to take these complex problems and ground them in the context of a negotiation and translate for them, what does it really mean? Um, there are a lot of lawyers that are very good at figuring out exactly what a problem is in a particular situation. Oh, we're buying this company and there's tax risk or there's employment risk or there's GDPR risk. Well, What does that actually mean for this transaction, for this private equity fund that's about to buy this company? And so my brand is typically um, a client once called me a very commercial lawyer. Um, And I think I took it as a compliment, Uh, but it was it was, you know, somebody that was able to sort of see the forest through the trees could still see and identify and appreciate the importance of those trees. But I think it was really a focus on being able to take all those different pieces, put them together, ground them in the context, like I said, as, as an m lawyer, as a peace negotiator, understanding the context in which you're operating is so critical. Um, so being that commercial lawyer that appreciates the context in which we're operating so that I can help my clients achieve their goals. Uh, it's not being the best technician in the world. It's not being, um, the, the most focused on this issue or that issue. It's really somebody that focuses on the interests at hand and marches towards the collective goal of, of whatever my clients are, are looking to accomplish. So Matt, we've defined success. We've defined your brand. We
0: looked at your, looked at your wow. How do you define excellence? You, I, our colleagues, the young professionals that we interact with, they're pursuing excellence. And mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll say, well, what exactly do you mean by that? So, Matt, how do you define excellence? And how have you achieved excellence?
1: Yeah, so I think excellence to me is, is different than success, um, but excellence is achieving that success at whatever it is you're really good at, right? Whatever it is you want to be good at. Um, not everybody wants to be good at the same things. Uh, the law firm structure, PILPG, all these organizations would not function if we were all the same. And so what we need is we need a variety and a diversity of people and opinions and perspectives. And we need those people to be very good at whatever it is that they want to do. You know, without being condescending, I often think of my team as, and myself included, as being a series of, you know, tools in a toolbox that are being deployed to accomplish a goal for a client. And excellence to me is being very, very good at what it is you want to be good at um, because there are a lot of people that achieve success. But to me, to be excellent, it, it has to be something you actually want to do. I think all too often there are people, especially in the legal profession, that feel there's a conveyor belt. And historically, this was more true. I think, you know, thanks to millennials, this is changing a little bit. But there was that you got to get good grades in, in high school, so you get into a good college, so you get into a good law school where you get really good grades so that you can go work for, you know, get a summer associateship so you can go be a first year and each year it's lockstep. You climb the ladder until you make partner in 10 years. And then you climb the comp ladder from there. And it's that conveyor belt that all too often people don't ask themselves, do I really want to be on it? Is this what I want to be doing? Does this allow me to achieve excellence? Not just success, because people define success often as compensation or awards, et cetera. But to me, to be excellent, it means, have you actually looked at who you are and what you want to do? And have you focused your attention and your efforts to be incredibly good? At that thing, whatever it is.
0: Okay, Matt, now the most important question of this conversation What is your favorite flavor of ice cream and what does it tell us about you?
1: Oh, so that's the hard one. And admittedly, my six and a half year old, Penelope, has strong opinions and influenced me on this extensively. Um, you know, I'm consistently a mint chocolate chip kind of guy. Yes. Uh, You know, it just gives you a little bit of that extra sweet. The mints a nice offset to the tartness of some good dark chocolate chips. I'm going to have to go with mint chocolate chip. Um, I am not, despite my six-year-old's best efforts, a fan of cotton candy ice cream. I don't get that flavor. It just doesn't. Or or funfetti, I think, is another one I recently tried. Those don't work for me. Um, Give me some mint chocolate chip or even a really good vanilla with a good chocolate sauce on top, like a nice dark chocolate sauce. I'll be happy. No no maple syrup on your vanilla ice cream, (laughs) Matt? (laughs) <laughs> well, pralines and cream was something I grew up up north. That was that was a big one, surprisingly, for Toronto. Um, yeah, I can't say I've done a lot of maple products on, on my ice cream, but uh, Chapman's ice cream is a great little local ice cream maker in, in Markdale, Ontario. So if you're ever up in, in Canada, look for Chapman's. They were great. They have not paid any promotional consideration for this. um, I was going to say, with that promotional shout out. (laughs) They did sponsor me when I was 17 years old, though, in sailing, and and they were a great sponsor when I was 17. So maybe I'll pay it forward now.
0: (laughs) Well, Matt, thank you for joining us today uh, and sharing with us some of your insights in how to achieve excellence uh, as our young professionals uh, begin their journey along their career path. It was a real pleasure chatting with you again, Matt. It was fantastic.
1: Thanks so much for the time, Paul. Always appreciate it.